Today is Mother's Day. And to understand what it's really all about, well, you'll see at the end of this far-fetched video. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Not Becoming Your Mom support group. Uh, we have some visitors with us today. Welcome to you. My name is Mark, and I'm the group leader. Carol, would you mind starting us off this week? Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. Hi, Carol. I am the oldest of three roommates, and I'm turning into my mom. I clean up everything after them. I've even started doing their laundry. I talk to myself in the grocery store all the time. The other day, I almost licked my finger and wiped the face of a total stranger. I keep saying words like garbage and tarjay. Whoa, whoa, take it easy there. Shannon already has a tissue. We really don't need to offer her one. I do. Did you see how they let the momness overtake them? So you may not be able to avoid becoming your mom, but the key is to let the beautiful things about moms shine through in your life. The kindness, the caring, the compassion, the qualities that God gave moms when he created them. You see, that's the key to Mother's Day, and it's this, to let the beautiful things about our moms shine through us. The kindness and the caring and the compassion, the qualities that God gave moms when he created them. So Mother's Day is about celebrating of the character our moms have created in us, reminding us that we're not going to always have our moms forever. But what our moms showed us and taught us in whatever time we have with them, that will definitely last forever. One of the biggest things our mom taught us is to like what? It's to like Life. What do we mean by that? Well, you can see it in the meaning that's contained in the letter spelling out like in life. For instance, the letter L in both of those words. To like life, you have to begin with love. And I believe the words of the 60s Jackie DeShannon song are true. I know it's old school, but listen to its words. How many of you guys actually remember that song? Yeah, there's a few of us. All right. Well, the the words there are true. Our world could use much more love than is circulating around within it now. The Bible attests to that fact in so many places, like John 3.16, which tells us, For God loved the world so much that he would give up his son, the one and only, so that everyone who trusts in him shall not be lost, but he shall have eternal life. You see, a mother's love has that same aim, doesn't it? That her children would not be lost, that they would have life here, a good life, and also have life forever in eternity. And it's our moms that start us down that path. And in a very real way, they plant a seed in us that seeks to nurture us in that way. And then they trust that we, that we would nurture it, not only while they're with us, but also after they're gone. Evidence of the importance of that with our moms. We see even in one of the Ten Commandments, Deuteronomy 5.16 in the NIV says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go 
well with you. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before. But this is the only one of the Ten Commandments that contains a promise. All the other commandments are basically guidelines for good things to do and bad things not to do. But not this one commandment about moms. No, this commandment says that we should uh, honor our moms. and says, if you do, things may well go good for you. And it says this because moms are that important for whatever time we have with them. We're to receive the seeds of a good life, which they plant in us, and we're to embrace those seeds, we're to nurture them, and to let a good life grow inside of us. Yes, moms are awesome that way, and they try their very best to do that as much as they're able. But you know, even the best of moms, they aren't always perfect. Take, for instance, Jesus' mom, Mary. What an awesome mom and a holy person she was. But even Mary struggled at times, like the time she left Jesus behind in Jerusalem while traveling with her extended family. It's not unlike what this mother experienced concerning her son, Kevin, in the movie Home Alone. Kevin's not here. 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 Of course, for Mary, her Kevin moment came concerning Jesus. We see in Luke 2nd chapter, verses 41 through 52 in the NIV, which tells us that every year Jesus' parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of the Passover. Now, you've got to think of this as his own families and his extended family's annual extended vacation. And why do I say extended vacation? Because it was a five-day journey from Nazareth where they lived to Jerusalem. They would cover 90 miles by walking 18 miles a day. I can't imagine that, but that's exactly what they did. Verse 42 we read, When he, Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up as they always did for the feast. I don't know about you. But traveling five-day trip for us these days would mean five days in the car, and during which time you would actually travel all the way from Florida to California. And to a 12-year-old, that would be very boring. And so, 12-year-old Jesus, on his long, boring trip with his extended family, would no doubt play games, like running ahead, to find something interesting or unusual to be captivated by until his parents, brothers and sisters, and all the rest of his extended family caught up, and then he would rejoin them. So no doubt, he probably would do the same thing in Jerusalem, exploring a little here, a little there, because after all, fear of you having your child taken wasn't anything then like it is today. I mean, you guys who are a little bit older, when growing up, you really didn't have that fear either. In elementary school, this is true, I actually rode my bike to a major shopping center and walked around in stores and looked at toys by myself in elementary school. It's not something you'd let your kid do today. So when the Passover festival was over, it was time for them to leave. We read this in verse 43. 
When it was over, they left for home, and the child Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know. You know, on the way out of Jerusalem, Jesus must have gotten distracted exploring again, thinking he could easily catch up with his parents, except when he wandered into the temple. And he heard men there talking about God, perhaps in a way that he hadn't before. And he was fascinated. And so as it happens, his fascination may well have caused him to stay way too long before he realized he was way too far behind his parents to ever catch up. So he probably found a corner in the temple and stayed there the night. Of course, in verse 44, we read, thinking Jesus was somewhere in the company of his family, his parents journeyed for a whole day and then began looking for him among relatives and neighbors. That's probably when Mary had her own version of the Kevin moment. But continuing, we read, when they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. You have to realize, at least in the movie version of this, they could call back home. They could call the police to go and to check on him. But no such option existed in Israel at that time. There was no phone, no internet, no email, no texting, nothing. Nothing but to go back and find one boy in the midst of all those people in the midst of all that chaos of Jerusalem, immediately following the Passover. Can you imagine how Mary was thinking? Her concern was running over. She could hardly contain it. She could hardly contain herself. All she could do was to hope and pray that God would somehow keep him safe. That's what moms do today. They humanly hope and they spiritually pray that God would somehow keep their kids safe. Every time they're out of sight, whether it's around the corner in the neighborhood or whether it's off at camp or off at college, whenever they're out of sight. And so we see in verse 46, the next day they found Jesus in the temple seated among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The teachers were all quite taken with him, impressed with the sharpness of his answers. But as you can probably imagine, by this time, Mother Mary didn't want to hear it. And thus in verse 48, But his parents were not impressed, and they were upset and hurt. Have you ever heard yourself trying to explain to your mother when you were in trouble as a kid, But mom, and that's about all you could get out. Continuing, Jesus' mother said to him, Young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. And he said, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? But, and this is my addition added, but like most parents in that spot, the scripture says they had no idea what he was talking about. And so he went back to Nazareth with them and lived obediently with them. And that's what we do when our moms are disappointed in us. We try to be really, really good doing things that please her. And in doing so, we really feel really, really good as well. That's what our moms want for us, to do really good things, and in that feel really good about them. And so we see in verse 51, And so his mother held these things dearly, deep within herself. That's the cool thing about moms. They're deep people, deep heartfelt things they hold about their kids. And hopefully that depth rubs off on us. Continuing, and Jesus matured, growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by both God and people. That's what our moms want for us. 
to mature and to grow up in body and spirit, to be a blessing to both God and be a blessing to people. And when does our mother's desire for that end? When we're 21 years old? 30? 40? Or does that ever end? Never ends. And God doesn't want it to end either. God wants us to grow. God wants us to mature and be a blessing to God and others our whole life through. How do we do that? Both like and life start with the letter L, we're to love. And to be loving people inside at what depth? Like our moms deeply inside. What else did our mom's depth have for us? Well, it has to do with the next letter, the letter I, which points us to their deep interest in us. They're deeply interested in what we're doing. For instance, what's the one thing moms always ask their kids when they get home from school every afternoon? How was your day? What did you do today? And what kind of answer do we typically give them? With a shrug of their shoulders, I don't know. But when something really good happens, listen to this, like you got an A on a test, or you made a team at school, or you realize you don't have school this Friday, you couldn't wait to tell her. And life seems so much more exciting and fun and fulfilling at those times that you had something like that to tell. Same way it is today with others around you. God wants us to take an interest in things and an interest in others around us. And when you do that, your life will actually seem much more full, much more fulfilling when you do that. Another big thing moms say to their kids is, don't mope around here. Go out and play with your friends. But as adults, we can get into our own mope-around modes and models, can't we? That's when we hear our mom's tape said, get off the couch, get out there, interact with others, find things you're interested in, and pursue them. And one really cool thing I heard at Hungry Sunday a couple of Sundays ago, feeding the homeless people downtown in Orlando, was one of the Dishman kids who honestly said this, you know, when you help someone, you really feel good inside. No embellishment there. They really said that. And it's true. But to experience that, you've got to take an interest in others beyond yourself. And that's uh, what moms want. That's a part of the good living, the good life they want for us here and eternally. And another part of this that our mom hoped to impart to us can be seen in the third letter of these words, like life. And that's a K and F, kindness and forgiveness. Isaiah 63, 13 in the NIV tells us, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Notice here, notice here that this is not a quality that starts with God and then is appropriated to a mother. Rather, this is a quality of a mother that God appropriates for himself. That's how powerful the comforting quality of a mother is. What are the key ingredients? Kindness and forgiveness. You see, when we're to be comforted, when we're to be comforted, we need to genuinely feel kindness and tenderness towards us, number one. And then we need to feel sincerity and forgiveness towards us concerning what line we've crossed or what mistake we've made. Kindness and forgiveness are needed to make us whole in our relationship with others. It's a huge part of what moms impart to their kids. I remember one time with my mom, after I had grown and Patty and I were married, I got really angry with her about something that I've completely forgotten. And when it came to a boiling point, I grabbed my wife, Patty, and we stormed out of my parents' house and drove away. And if you know me, I'm, I'm pretty mellow. 
So that was an extremely radical thing to do. I didn't talk to my mom for weeks. And finally I came to the realization that I needed to be kind and forgiving to my mom for whatever it was. Because how many, many, many times in my life had she gone way out of her way to be kind and forgiving to me? So after I did that, the closeness of our relationship returned. And to have a good life, we have to weave that into who we are. Our ultimate example of this comes from Jesus in Luke twenty-three thirty-four in the New Living Translation, where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And you see, the depth of this forgiveness as Jesus was hanging on the cross went way beyond what people were doing to him on the surface by nailing him to a cross. His forgiveness went to where their hearts were being deceived to do that to him. He knew if they really understood who he was, they would never have done that to him. And that's the ultimate depth of forgiveness. And we need that depth of of kindness and forgiveness. Our mother planted the seeds of in our life for us to grow and for us to mature. So allow God to invade that place in your heart which each of our moms wish so deeply to develop in us. And there's one more thing our moms imparted to us, which comes in the last letter of their desire for us to really like life. And that's in the letter E. It's encouragement. If ever there was someone who encouraged us in our times of need, it was our mom. Whenever a kid is down, who's the first to pick them up? Whether it's a scraped knee or it's a bruised heart, moms are always there first. And they have this very special quality to say, it's going to be all right. And somehow you know it is. And you know how dads, no offense dads, but you know how dads always seem to have these big dreams for their kids. Like when their kid in Little League hits their first home run and the dad starts planning for them to play Major League Baseball. Well, moms have a different take on that. Ask them what they want for their kids. And they said, I just want him or her to be happy. They don't have to have a Ph.D. from MIT. Or they don't have to be a professional ball player. They just want them to be happy. Take little positive steps. Because mom knows those little steps add up to so much more than we can see when we are taking each of those little things. And there's a song that came out recently that reflects this. And reflects how God and our moms want us to orient ourselves and to live our lives. Nothing against big goals and plans. But even more importantly, our mom's encouragement is not for us to get ahead of ourselves in life. But instead to start out with our more modestly dreaming about small crucial foundational steps so listen to these words encouraging us to do just that by josh wilson it's a mama singing songs about the lord it's a daddy spending family time the world says he cannot afford these simple moments change the world church 40 years of loving on the broken and the hurt these simple moments change the world dream small don't buy the love you've got to do it all just let jesus use you where you are one day at a time live well 
others as yourself. Find little ways where only you can help. With his great love, a tiny rock can make a giant fall. Dream small. See, moms want us to do well in life. But in order for us to do well, they want us not to skip over the little things in order for us to like life in the way that God created us to. So, love deeply. Be interested in others. Be kind and forgiving. And be yourself encouraged. And be encouraging to others. That way you're going to be doing exactly what the commandment says. You'll be honoring your mother, living out the things she wanted for you, whether she's still here on earth or with God in heaven, wanting you to like life and to live well. Will you join me as we pray? Great God, we thank you so much for your love for us. Jesus gave us and the way that you have passed that love to us through our our mothers and also our fathers. But we just ask, Father, that you would be with us and that what we have learned from our moms, that would live out through us because that's what's really important in our lives, Father. That's why you've given them to us. And so be with all of us today to remember those good things. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.